0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen, and uh, sorry again for missing last week. Just did not have the ability to get the show started for good reasons. I was busy during the course of the day, but, you know, figured I'd come here right before Thanksgiving, do a quick little show here. Probably not going to be too long of an episode because it's just going to be kind of a mostly off-the-cuff kind of episode here. Uh, talking to you guys and I just felt like it would be a good good call right now to be really uh, because Thanksgiving is coming around the corner I just kind of wanted to uh, you know give a thanks, basically, and talk about the things that I am actually thankful for in the FGC, because, you know, one of the things that's commonly happens with talk shows like this and with podcasts is you want to talk about the drama and talk about the crazy things that are going on uh, in the FGC, and it always sounds like things are going crazy and awful and everything, but honestly... Uh, The FGC is still a wonderful place. There's still a lot of great people here. There's a lot of great things going on in the FGC. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to spend a week talking about that a little bit, talking about the things that I'm grateful uh, for the FGC for. But before we do that, uh, I usually do spend a few... uh, uh, a few. Oh, that's actually really cool, uh, Doc Helmet. Glad to hear that. Street Fighter Five is not as confusing now. <laughs> Just a, a lot more frame data knowledge and understanding and everything. Yeah, definitely makes it a little bit easier. Um, but before we get started uh, with the Thanksgiving stuff, I do want to talk a little about about the fighting game news. And, of course, that is that uh, Sinkisk has actually been added to the game. And, Jesus, I, you know what? Oh, man, I need to get this fixed over here. Because normally what I actually do is I uh, will play the trailer on this monitor over here so you guys can see it. But this monitor is not working for me anymore. So this monitor kind of died on me. I could try to fix it a little oh yeah okay so yes Street Fighter 5 is very much not a very good beginner game (laughs) I've often said that Street Fighter 5 is one of the hardest fighting games to learn Uh, which is ironic because a lot of people used to get mad at it for being one of the for being dumb and simplified but that is not the case at all and get this monitor working really quick, sometimes I can't get it working. Uh, it is not working. Oh, there it is. Oh, sweet. Okay. Monitor is definitely dying though, but I definitely need to get a replacement, so, uh... But let's actually do this here. Let's pull this up over here, and let's take a look at some of the uh, the, the, the Sin trailer and everything. Ugh. There we go. That's much better. Should have had this uh, prepared ahead of time. So let's do this. Sin Kisk Strive. Here we go. Uh, there it is. Let's go to arc System Works channel. Here. Let's take a look at this Sin trailer over here. So, obviously, he was in the second story mode, if you guys weren't uh, uh, aware of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, my monitor is actually dying, Tubo. My monitor is uh, is dying at this point in time. It just doesn't turn on. So, not really a technical difficulty, just more hardware failure. <laughs> so, uh, got to get that taken care of so let's go ahead and see if I can get this over here yeah there you go so now we have this over here so let's watch the sin trailer really quick and I'll say sorry in advance in case I whoa okay we are definitely running into some uh, technical difficulties here what the hell dude? Do you see that that was crazy Yo, okay, okay, hang on a second. Now, now I'm running into technical difficulties. Okay, hang on a second. Let's do this, shall we? Okay. Man. (laughs) This is... This has not happened in a long time. I have definitely not had any technical difficulties like this in a long time. But uh welcome to welcome to pre-Thanksgiving over here. Um let's do this here. Hopefully that should fix it over here. So let's try this again. Wink. Here we go. I'll say sorry in advance. There we go. In case I make you cry.
1: <laughs>
0: Obviously he was in a story the second hey, story what's mode. Up. Let's see what you got. Let's get this over with. Mom's waiting. Do you know your timetables yet? I do. Oh, come on old man, stop pulling your punches. Best victory ever! Out of hands. Tasty! Still over. eats! we now, right? Although we need to figure out what the reason Here's he eats for right. now is. Strong folks are even fed. Time to heat up! Alright, bring it on! <laughs> yeah, you see that? Tyrant? That's my life, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> now what's interesting about this trailer is and yeah, he's coming out in two days. So he is basically there. Uh, in two days, and as you can see right here. Uh, Next character will be, the next two characters will be in 2023. So it'll be a little bit, so what is that, August, September, October, November. So almost four months between Bridget and Sin, which is really interesting to me because honestly, it felt like, it feels like it's been a while since we've gotten a character update uh and sin i mean what's interesting about it is you know i've talked about this in the past but you know with season 1 dlc and with season 2 dlc it felt like they kept trying to get a little more complicated with the characters as they went i feel like a lot of the characters got a lot crazier uh as time went on as as they keep getting released even bridget is pretty pretty complex As a character, in a way, just because you got to figure out all the stuff that you want to do with the yo-yo and everything. However, it seems to me that Sin doesn't seem to be a particularly... crazy character now he still has this you know concept of chaining moves and follow-ups and stuff like that but he's much more simpler compared to what he was in uh but he looks like he's going to be a pretty straightforward character so if he's strong if he's good i think he's going to be a really popular character and a lot of people going to be coming back in uh to play this character here so like i said he looks pretty straightforward he's a character that's just going to try to rush you down not going to be a character that's going to be very setup heavy he seems like i mean especially with the dash cancels and stuff like that he seems like he's going to be a a lot of just kind of like a feel character so less technical more just you know making the decisions to do what it is that you want to do at that particular moment so i think sin is actually going to be a uh pretty like beginner friendly character that's how it looks to me so far Especially because we don't have all the information about uh, what Sin will do. Because let's take a look at this actual starter guide for him over here now. So Arx has put this out and like I said, he seems pretty straightforward. So let's take a listen to uh, the narrator Sin has here.
1: access to powerful follow-ups after his arsenal of useful special moves. Keep the opponent under pressure with his strong mix up at close range and excellent pokes at mid range. Stamina. It costs stamina to use the follow ups for certain special moves.
0: So this is similar to his food gauge from the last game, except the food gauge was much longer. And there was a lot more trunks. And the way that he worked is you could continually chain his specials into other specials. And if you did that, he would consume, he would basically get hungrier and hungrier. And if you run out, then you weren't able to do like a lot of the moves. So it cost a block to do special moves, but then it cost two blocks, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, to do the chain and so basically you had to do a lot of things to 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 knock the enemy down and cancel into eating food to be able to get your hunger gauge uh fuller again so that way you don't run into that problem he was uh, about resource management and the funny thing is uh nagora yuki kind of i feel like took that role so nagora yuki he's worried about filling up his blood gauge sin was worried about emptying his blood gauge very very similar kind of style thing so i think that's why in this game they decided not to do that with sin because i feel like Nagoriyuki already kind of covered that factor a little bit so he still has the stamina gauge but it doesn't look like it's going to be something that you could empty and tire out because it's just a gauge that normally refills so it just seems like this is going to be something that you're just going to uh It's just another resource to manage for sin and not something to worry about accidentally starving yourself and finding yourself in a very weak condition. Because again, when you ran out of your hunger gauge in uh, in Exerd you had to find an opportunity to eat food. So a lot of times people would eat food into YRC just to keep themselves safe and such. So yeah, you were definitely, uh, in the last game, you were playing a lot of Hunger Games with this character.
1: These follow-ups cannot be performed with less than one bar of stamina.
0: And instead of canceling specials into specials, the specials just have a pre like a canned follow-up, it seems like.
1: Stamina recovers over time. But be careful, as there is a time frame right after using stamina before it recovers. See, there it looked like time he did right it. Time frame right after using stamina before it Beak driver it reco-
0: into... Uh, that like the Beak Driver into the elk hunt, So maybe he can cancel specials into specials still. And they just didn't really mention it, because that's what that looks like. 'Cause I'm pretty sure elk, that's elk hunt right there, not the follow-up, unless I'm mistaken. We'll see. We'll see in just a second. Beak driver. Sin
1: strikes forward with his flag.
0: Now, this move does not reach nearly as far as it did in Exert. But in Exert, you could also charge it up. So it, it would increase the length by holding the move and so holding the button. So you hold the button down and it would reach really far and cause wall splats. Doesn't quite have the same range in this game, though, it looks like.
1: This move works well as a mid-range poke or in combos due to its excellent range. Inputting heavy slash again on hit. Oh no,
0: that is, that is just the follow-up. Okay, so what we saw was the follow-up, so it's not chain into chain. Or block,
1: performs a powerful follow-up lunge attack. The follow-up covers a lot of space quickly, meaning it can combo even after hitting the opponent with beak driver from maximum range. Hawk Baker. A t- what is with the names of his moves anyway?
0: I see Moose saying Elcott is such a poor name. And you know what? I mean, Hawk Baker. Like, Hawk Baker always, to me, sounds like the name of a voice actor. Because I know there's like a Troy Baker out there. But I just imagine someone just, like some actor being out there. I'm Hawk Baker, you know? Two-hit
1: attack with invincibility.
0: So he's got a DP again. And in, in Exert, his DP was just a standstill, kind of like in place uh like almost kind of like i want to say like a lightning rod kind of thing
1: as sin leaps up during the attack
0: but this becomes an actual dp but the crazy thing about this one is i need to know what the frame data is of this thing because how punishable is this this looks like it's i mean he has the follow-up that can frame trap you so his dp might actually be really scary to deal with so again i feel like this character is going to be very beginner friendly
1: It works well against aerial opponents.
0: So it looks like it lags a lot when it lands. But like I said, you can cancel into the (laughs) follow-up. Hawk Baker sounds like one of the fake American names. Is it actually true that the Simpsons episode where they did the Death Note parody, that all the names that Lisa Simpson wrote in the book were actually those basketball names? Was that actually true with those baseball names from that one Japanese game, the fake names? I think they actually used those. I wasn't sure if that was like a Photoshop edit or something because that was absolutely hilarious.
1: Inputting slash again on hit or block performs a powerful follow-up strike. There
0: you go. So what I'm guessing is they're both probably really punishable and you just kind of have to either OS it or or just know which one, you know, and, and 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 try to just bait out the right response and punish. You
1: can use it to hit the opponent if they try See. to punish you when sin lands after Hawk Baker.
0: So the question is, can you is there a timing that you can still block the follow up and then hit a button? And if he doesn't do the follow-up, you can still punish the Hawk Baker. See, that's the question. Can you sort of pseudo-block OS against the Hawk Baker so it's not safe? That's the question.
1: Hoof stomp. Sin leaps forward as he performs an overhead attack. Hoof stomp. He can avoid low-hitting attacks and ground throws during this attack.
0: People were joking that he actually has... The Greed Sever before Kai ever got his Greed Sever
1: back. Inputting Slash again on hit or block performs a powerful follow-up strike. The follow-up opens up space between you and the opponent, making it...
0: Hey, thank you for the gift sub, Psycho Blue,
1: appreciate more it. ...more challenging to punish on block. Elk Hunt, A sliding lunge attack that hits low. As it covers a lot of distance,
0: it's a lot slower. It looks like Elk Hunt was definitely a lot more similar to the uh to Kai's slide move in the previous game. It still took a while to hit, but it feels well as in this a surprise one, attack from mid range. Sure. What does that say on his bags? Hello, is that what that says? He has hello bags,
1: inputting kick again on hit or block, performs a powerful follow up strike. The follow-up leaves Sin at an advantage on block, making it a good starting point for your offense. so good. Gazelle step. Sin moves. So
0: he's definitely just named after animals. Everything is named after animals for some
1: reason. (laughs) Forward quickly. This can be used after certain special moves and their follow-ups. Switch up your timing with this move and keep the opponent on their toes still growing sin takes out food and eats it this move has no attack hitbox but something good happens after sin eats so this
0: is the one that we're wondering (laughs) we don't know what this does like it actually whoa i hit the button and it rewound me all the way back all right here we go so uh people have noticed that the first one he eats here powers up something but we can't tell what it does there's no like visual well, actually was did he gain health
1: still growing
0: so the, the his health is at Sin the takes eye out food. so he ate there nothing really but happened now this one here this big giant piece of meat that he eats this move has- I didn't see not- nothing happened again
1: attack hitbox but but
0: this one when he eats the
1: ice cream something it good looks happens.
0: like he gains a ton and of meter it.
1: this move has no attack hitbox
0: whoa was that a cut was that an animal takes cut? our food
1: and eats it this move has no attack hitbox.
0: Yeah, there's a cut there. Okay, so he gained a little meter. So this meter is already up. And then he some- eats again. So the ice cream definitely gives him a ton of meter here. Gives him a ton of uh, the, the, the super meter food. gauge down there.
1: This move has no attack hitbox. But something good happens Ooh, like after sin.
0: Okay, that one gave him health.
1: This move has no attack hitbox. So this one something
0: gives a meter. good
1: happens after
0: and then what is that? Is that a lizard? Is he eating a lizard? <laughs> is he eating an iguana?
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, that one definitely gave him uh, this more move health no at like.
1: least. But see. something good happens after-
0: Oh no, no, no. That was another cut. He already has the extra health. Oh, but that definitely still gave him a lot of health. So if he eats the iguana, he gains a lot of
1: health. <laughs> R.T.L. Sin lunges forward quickly as he unleashes an invincible strike. Inputting a direction and heavy slash can change the trajectory up to two times. This is what he had before. Inputting heavy slash. But
0: God, that's a lot of damage, can change though, the
1: trajectory like... up to two times.
0: And you'll Inputting see a little bit later on, he even has a
1: follow up. The follow-up drains the entire tension gauge when it activates.
0: Look at the damage on that, dude. That's just super into follow-up. Now, obviously, that's two supers because he says he drains the rest of his attention gauge. They didn't say he, if he needs to have two bars. Like, I don't know if it, if you just have a little bit in the tension gauge, it just drains the rest of it. I'm guessing you need to have two
1: full super meter bars in order to do this follow-up. Use this move in combos, or take advantage of the invincibility on startup to interrupt the opponent's strings.
0: But that is a ton Tyrant of damage.
1: Feral. Sin unleashes an attack with a massive shock wave forward. Inputting punch again performs a powerful follow-up.
0: Now, see, like, look at this one here. This is interesting because yeah, so here's the first hit. putting punch again,
1: performs a powerful follow-up strike.
0: Decent damage.
1: You can delay the timing of the attack by holding punch. Oh, I and see. And it deals okay. additional so damage. The follow-up doesn't actually drain performs any a either, powerful then. follow-up strike. You can delay the timing of the attack by holding punch. And it deals additional damage if the follow-up connects with the right timing.
0: Oh, is that what it is, Scorpion's Pupil? Did they have a, a blog post about this? It says it takes everything above 50 and scales based on how much you had. So that last hit does different amounts of damage based on the amount of meter you have left. Sin oh, it was temp- on the IGN presentation, got useful it. ...useful
1: follow-up moves by expanding his unique stamina gauge. Each follow-up has its own strengths, such as reducing Sin's recovery, or lunging forward rapidly. From mid-range, you can use his standing far slash and beak driver as pokes. Make good use of elk hunt when you want to approach the opponent. Once you're in, you can mix up a blocking opponent with his low attack, forward kick, and overhead, hoof stop. Sin will be at an advantage when forward kick is blocked. He can stay on the offense. When you've got max tension, go for a huge damage with the follow-up from RTL. Thank you for watching.
0: Yeah, so like I said, I feel like Sin is going to be a pretty straightforward character. He seems like he's going to be pretty straightforward and and fun to play as well. So if you're looking for someone who's not necessarily as complex, because like I said, if we think about all the uh, DLC that we've gotten for the game so far, right? so the first dlc the first dlc was not gold lewis right Who was the first dlc shoot because gold lewis is complicated oh jacko that's right jacko is complicated gold lewis is complicated uh oh so gold lewis was first so gold lewis is complicated jacko is complicated happy chaos is complicated Uh, Biken is decently complicated as well because she's not very, very straightforward, and she's weird, right? Like, I don't know if she's necessarily beginner-friendly. She might be the simplest of the season one, but then Bridget came out, and Bridget's also not particularly straightforward either. So it really felt like that Arxis was going for a lot of their weirder characters during the DLC. Uh, But... Like I said, sin seems pretty straightforward. I mean, that stamina gauge thing is not nearly as complicated and 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 like worried about managing things as as uh, as um, as uh, the food gauge was in Exert. He just feels like I mean, it's literally just an alternate super meter, really. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that was kind of one of the interesting things. Uh, Valkyrian 7 says, the very difficult DLC characters made me lose interest, but I see why they put them as DLC. And that was actually something that I had thought about too, you know, seeing how how complex the DLC was. Like, they hadn't made a DLC character for people who want more straightforward characters. Like, they haven't made a beginner-friendly DLC character yet in the game. And so I'm hoping sin will actually kind of cover that ground a little bit and, you know, help bring in a lot more of the beginner players, uh, yeah, but Guilty Gear is all about the weird characters, but that's what a lot of people were kind of frustrated with Strive with when it first released, is that the characters were a little more straightforward than they used to be, right? And they were like, man, these complicated characters aren't complicated at all. And then the DLC started coming out, and then it was like, ah, well, maybe, you know, maybe these guys are pretty complicated. This is cool. But they haven't come out with a straightforward character in a while. So I think Sin is actually a really good spot for that. And, you know, Sin just as a character design, as a a personality, I think has a lot of appeal, right? I mean, I don't know, like... Sin doesn't appeal to me as a character, necessarily, but, like, I think a lot of people like him, think he's cool, so I think he's a good character for a lot of people to pick up. Oh, yeah, Happy Chaos is a huge problem, and and one of the things about this game right now that is kind of uh, upsetting is, you know, similar to KOF, that they're not coming out with any patches, however, you know, we're living in a different age where all we want are patches, 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 and that might not necessarily be the right answer, And so the fact that we're not getting balance patches for Strive or for uh, KOF 15, you know, while a lot of people are going to be frustrated, there's a lot of justification to it. However, it really just depends on how broken the broken characters are. So Cronin obviously is just like way too strong in 15. Everybody wants that character nerfed. Happy Chaos, the only thing about Happy Chaos is that Happy Chaos is very difficult to use. However, in the right hands, Happy Chaos is clearly very, very strong. Now, is he wildly broken? Uh, Like, some people would argue that Cronin might be the most broken character in a fighting game, in their fighting game, in years and uh, I'm not even sure if Happy Chaos necessarily falls into that category. Mostly because characters like Nagori Yuki exist, right? <laughs> okay, Swift Master, yes. Swift Master for sure. Uh, on launch, Swift Master was definitely a problem. Oh, man. So... In any case, uh, Sin is coming out in a couple of days. I'll probably mess with him on stream a little bit uh, on Friday if I get the chance. Yeah, it's weird that D No like DNF just kind of disappeared, but it's it's an indication and maybe even something to talk about as well. Um, it happened to MK11 a little bit, and it's happening to DNF. But the lack of developer support seems to be the biggest death knell for a game over everything. When people have given up hope that the game will be changed, it seems like people don't want to play it anymore. It's crazy. Like, honestly, as soon as they announced MK11 was getting no more changes... You know, uh, and that's the thing, like, I thought DNF Duel was a fantastic game, I love that game, I I thought it was great because of how ridiculously kind of broken and and, and wild it was, you know, it's been one of the first old school style games, evidenced by the fact that, like, for example, Yipes loves the game, right, Mr. MVC2 loves DNF Duel, so, (laughs) uh, I think DNF Duel is actually really cool, but, um... Yeah, I mean, DBFZ uh, has a strong player base, and it's getting rollback. (laughs) It's like, developers keep showing that they're doing something with it. MVCI is, eh, is alright. DNF, I mean, MVCI is okay. I wouldn't say it has a thriving player base, but people still keep playing it, so... um, Right, exactly. Uh, What Mike Lee says in the chat here is that DNF, people always say, make a game where everybody's strong. And then they did. And now nobody and everybody gets mad. (laughs) Everybody gets mad. Right. MVCI has a consistent player base is a good way of putting it for sure. Um, but you know, uh, again, you know, you see from the KOF 15 kind of situation, a lot of people getting frustrated by the lack of patches, right? So a lot of people are just like the last patch that came out, fixed the music bug and everybody was like, where's the Cronin nerfs? Like people want Cronin nerves really, really, really badly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you know, this is a topic all in itself. You know, make a character, make a game where every character is broken. You know, people say they want that, but it's not what people. Fighting games are like this, right? People always say, we want this. And when they get it, they don't like it. That's how fighting games generally work. <laughs> oh, man. And, and you know what? Uh, Scorpion's Pupil actually. Has a really strong point too. Is that there's just too many games out there right now. And it's really really difficult. So. If you want every character broken. Just play ST. True-ish and false. I will say. Mashing 360. Substitute ST with Vampire Savior. And then yes. That's what we got. And that's why I like DNF Duel. DNF Duel was the closest thing to a Vampire Savior type game that i had seen in such a long time it was one of the reasons why i i took the dnf duel so well at first because i liked the vampire saviorness of it uh to be honest but yeah i mean uh, it's weird because i thought dnf duel was fantastic i thought it was a lot of fun honestly you could probably go a long way in that game by adding air blocking Uh, I think that would make people feel a little more comfortable with the game, but obviously would destroy the balance of how it plays right now. But the biggest problem right now is just that, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to do anything to the game. (laughs) It doesn't seem like they're going to do anything to the game. So, right, you never get to do anything, but that's what I mean. Is like, for example, if you air block, maybe that drains a ton of your guard meter a lot faster or, you you know, stuff like that. There's ways to balance it. Like I said, in any fighting game, any idea, any system you come up with, there's a way to balance it. You can intelligently balance it. Anytime someone says, this is a stupid mechanic... They're wrong because the mechanic is actually good because if you balance around it correctly, it's fine, right? So, like, in the context of every fighting game, you know, as long as you design the system intelligently, it'll work. It'll work. I guarantee you it'll work. No problem. Uh, so, like I said, you could do that, and, and that way, the brokenness of DF, DNF Dual would feel a little more manageable for the casuals, right? As we're talking, as we said, uh, who set it up at the top? Casuals don't want that, is what Mike said, right? So, casuals don't want that. So, adding air blocking would make more casuals be able to play DNF Dual, but then you'd have to rebalance. Oh, a ton of stuff so there's no stupid mechanisms just stupid people ah, there are some stupid mechanics but uh, uh i mean i could definitely name a couple of probably the like the this is bad idea like there are some mechanics that probably should never come back in a fighting game no matter how you balance it such as the instant kills in guilty gear the original guilty gear Right, the original Guilty Gear, if I just defended, you could trigger uh, an animation and if I input quarter circle forward button and you don't input quarter circle forward button in time, you die. (laughs) doesn't matter how many, how much health you have, it doesn't matter how many rounds you have left, you died. (laughs) The game ended. Like literally it'll be round one fight, someone jumps, I just defend, input, you forgot to input. Game over. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) And that was the end of the game. So, you know, obviously there are some bad mechanics. There are some bad mechanics out there. So, (laughs) things like that have existed before and are not necessarily good. But, in any case, um... Uh Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that Sin is coming out here. I hope he does bring back a few more players. But, I mean, it has been a while since the Bridget patch. I mean, we haven't gotten a lot of balance patches. And like I said, Bridget was almost just shy of 4 months ago. So it really feels like Guilty Gear has been kind of quiet for a little bit. So, you know, it's interesting because as much as balance patches, we don't want to have too many balance patches. Balance patches always seem to breathe a little bit of life back into a game. So, I almost feel like like new characters, wait a couple of months balance patch wait a couple of months new character wait a couple of months balance patch like a balance patch every like four months would actually be not too terrible of a timing and you pepper it with characters in between and you keep the interest in your game you know um but we'll see we'll see what happens uh, I'm curious to see how he's going to end up in the game. I've seen from a lot of people that it seems like Bridget's not considered very strong right now. Uh, I haven't been keeping a lot up with a lot of the Guilty Gear just from... Uh, I haven't done the uh, Series E. The Series E is on hiatus right now. Hopefully, Series E will be back for Guilty Gear, and then I'll be able to uh, bone up on Guilty Gear again uh, a little bit. But I've heard Bridget's not particularly strong right now, but... Probably, a uh, Series E is the esports arena series uh, that I do commentary for on Thursdays uh, when it was going. We've gone through two seasons already, and we're waiting for a, a season three right now. But, um yeah, oh, no, Strive would definitely benefit from ranked. Honestly, their, their, their lobby system, and I, I was going to talk about this a little bit later on today as well, so I'll save it for then, but, yeah, having a true ranked system for strive would probably have helped a lot uh, honestly so but yeah um we'll see how sin affects it uh again oh god i'll, I'll you know what i'll talk about <laughs> i was gonna mention something else about guilty gear i'll save it for a little bit later as well so what I want to do for today's episode, like I said, not going to be particularly uh, a, a long episode, but, you know, I just kind of wanted to, uh, yeah, the tower system, see, again, Mike, I agree with you. I like the lobby system. I like the tower system. I just think a lot of its implementation was bad, and I don't think it, there was enough floors. Like, there should have been 1 through 10, and they should have realized as time went on, they should have thought about adding 11 through 20 before you get to Celestial. Uh, They they needed to spread it out a little bit more. The tower system, because the problem is, for a lot of people who know fighting games, it's like, play your test matches, and we'll throw you into a floor right away. I played my test matches. Lobby 6. I played, like, 3 games. Floor seven, three games, floor eight, three games, floor nine, and then floor ten. And all of a sudden, like in like like just an hour, I'm at floor 10, and then from there, you're either gonna fight the most sweaty players in the world, or you fight people that literally still aren't sure what they're doing because the the, the, the difficulty, the skill level between floors th- six through nine were not that crazy. And so it was a little bit too easy to jump floors. Like, honestly, I instead of adding 11 through 20 and making so many floors so that you split everyone apart, they need to shift the skill levels down a little bit more. So, because basically right now, floors 1, 2, and 3, and 4, I feel like are completely useless. Like, I feel like they're completely useless. I feel like Guilty Gear... Strive needs to make it so that floors one, two, three. Yeah, and interrupting sets with rank up and down is really annoying. Like it should wait until at least after uh the set completes and then let you rank up or down. So obviously a lot of things are problematic. So uh Celestial range was best players in the world all the way down that learned one setup that gimmicked their way to five wins. Yeah. Again, Celestial was a neat idea. A lot of it was a neat idea and a lot of it is really cool. It's just a lot of it was poorly implemented. And the problem with it is, is you can kind of tell Arxis is either stretched thin or they just don't have the staff. But the lobby itself hasn't changed a lot. Like, they're adding characters, they're doing all this other stuff, but the lobby system itself hasn't changed, and that is something that needs to be changed very badly because that's one of the reasons why I don't play Guilty Gear Strive all that much is because I just feel like Ranked is... I like skill-based matchmaking because I like playing at what the game feels like is my level because it's surprisingly pretty accurate a lot of the times. Uh, But... um, Yes, and that's how I feel too, Mike, that the experiments are good things to do. I've, oh, I, I like that they tried. I'd rather them try than not try. Let's just put it that way. So, um, because the old, so it's interesting. I just got two, two comments in a row. Supermoose says, the standard ranking paradigm of Iron Challenger just works. Just do that, it's not hard. And then Mike says, the old ranking system didn't work. The problem is, you're both right. You're both absolutely right. It's just for different audiences, one works, and and, in the other audience, it doesn't work, right? Ranked is not fun. Ranked is miserable. But if you are the kind of player who wants to get good and has that drive, ranked works, but if you are a player who just wants to have fun, ranked doesn't work because all you do is just sit there and watch this number go up and down and it's impossible for players not to get affected by that, right? It's 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 hard not to get, "Oh shit, no, Zinac isn't coming back on. I forgot to change the name of the show here. Sorry." <laughs> Whoops, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I forgot to change the name uh, on the channel, so... Um, but yeah, but that's the thing, is if you're playing just for fun, the ranked isn't for you. But the problem is, then you don't really have a lot of options. Because when you play casual matches, it's not really skill-based, right? The casual matches, they just kind of pair you up with what whoever, if I'm not mistaken... <laughs> You know, so like in Street Fighter, if I don't do ranked but I do casual matches, is it still skill-based or is it they just throw you to whoever? <laughs> uh, in any case, the, the 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 lobby system works and it doesn't work. The ranking system works and it doesn't work. The problem with it is is that we haven't figured out a way to make online work for both. And that's the key and that's what I'm hoping that... Uh, Street Fighter 6 does really well. Oh, so casual in Street Fighter 5 is by rank. So they do try to do skill-based matchmaking even in casuals, huh? Okay, that's actually really important. Now I might actually try to use that feature a little bit more. Because if that's actually still skill-based matchmaking in casual, that's actually really, really strong. However, of course, you need to have the player base, right? The player base has to exist. I tried to play uh, Vampire Savior online recently, and I couldn't because there's no player base. But Street Fighter 5, however, every time I play it, I run into matches. Like there's still a ton of people playing Street Fighter 5. So by all, you know, by all intents and purp for all intents and purposes, Street Fighter 5 is still the best online game to play right now because it just has the biggest player base, and that's what's always going to drive. Uh, people to play is just having the people to challenge so but uh in any case uh i did want to spend a little bit of time today so i didn't want to talk about anything sub fame uh i just didn't want to spend today talking about anything super particularly controversial or anything like that just kind of wanted to take a little bit of time with thanksgiving coming around the corner you know a lot of times we spend uh we spend a lot of discussions in the fighting game community, just kind of complaining. Oh, where's my patch for Cronin? Oh my God. Da, da, da. Like we're always kind of angry and mad and stuff. So I just kind of wanted to just take a little time to just kind of uh, wax nostalgic about the FTC and just kind of uh, talk about what I'm actually thankful for. You know, I, I kind of, I mean, I'll definitely talk about a few things that I'm still mad about, but I'm definitely thankful for a lot of things about the fighting game community because, uh, you know, obviously, you you know, from my perspective, you know, I have basically been playing fighting games for 30 years now. 30 years. (laughs) 30 years. Jesus, like, so, yeah, because Street Fighter came out in 1992, 1991, 1992. So, yeah, I have been playing fighting games for over 30 years now. And uh, honestly, like, you know, this is my life. This is what I've dedicated my life to. This is what I've decided to just kind of focus on. And honestly, like, when I look back at what, the fighting game community has given me uh i i can't even be mad <laughs> you know like I'm really thankful for all of the opportunities that the fighting game community have has given me. I mean, Exilion in the chat right now, uh, I just met him in person in Portland because I went to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo for Tetris. And honestly, I probably wouldn't be commentating the Classic Tetris World Championships if I wasn't commentating fighting games first, right? So, you know, even even though Tetris has been a passion of mine all along, I probably would have never gotten to that point without the fighting game community. And obviously, I'm not thankful to the fighting game community for Tetris, but, you know, I'm just saying, like, the opportunities that it has provided me, the sheer amount of people that I've been able to meet, like a lot of the people in the chat here I know in person, and, you know, I've just been very, very grateful for this pastime For you know, uh, giving me this kind of sense of purpose, right? I mean, uh, as most people know, you know, five years ago, I was just a programmer at a software company, and you know, and I was making my money and doing my thing, but you know, honestly, it's just like it's just one of those things that you look at and you're like, is this what I want to do? Is this what I want to remember? Like, when I'm on my deathbed. And I'm and I and I and I'm like looking back on my life. Am I gonna remember all the hours that I put into this company? You know, and 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 you know, I was like when I was in college, there wasn't any such thing as being woke. Okay. People were not woke back then. We were society was a very different kind of thing. And yet at that time, I was woke for for a time when there was no woke. I already was kind of in this mode where I was like, why are we doing this? Like, people should be enjoying their lives. Schools aren't teaching us the right things, blah, 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 blah. I was already like that. And so, you know, the fact that I have decided to go this FGC route, I mean, it really, uh, it it has given me the ability. And, and again, you know, it sucks because, you know, Am I financially secure? Not even close, right? Like, but again, this is this is the life I've, I knew that was going to happen. Like, <laughs> that was a decision that I consciously made. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a starving artist for a while because I really want to pursue this passion. And when you actually look at, you know, where this hobby has taken me personally, you know, um, I have, just managed to meet so many people and i have been able to reach out and you know preach the gospel of fighting games to so many people and i have been able to travel so many places and so few people get to travel at the age that i am at most people have to wait until they're 60 when they're retired and then they can finally travel but You know, throughout my 30s, throughout my 40s, I've been traveling all over the place. I mean, like, God, like, I wrote this down, and I think I've been to, how many states have I actually been to now? Uh, Let me see here. I've been to, like... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 22, 22. I've been to half the states. <laughs> I've actually, like, I don't count, like, landing and taking off kind of thing. Like, I've actually landed and wandered around 24 of the 50 states. You know, I've been to three of the provinces in Canada. I've been to Calgary, Toronto, and Montreal. I've been to Washington, D.C., I've been to Puerto Rico, and then I've been to the Dominican Republic, I've been to Chile, I've gone to France, I've been to Germany, I've been to Spain, I've been to Poland, I've been to Taiwan, I've been to Japan, I've been to Kuwait, like these are the places that I've managed to go. <laughs> I went to Brazil and beat up a bunch of people <laughs> in x Street Fighter. There was that, too. Yes, there was that, too. And also, thank you, Hello Kitty, for your comment a- as well. Um, but, you know, uh, honestly, like, it's been amazing because I gotta say, like, going to the Dominican Republic, to Chile, to Spain to uh, Kuwait, to Japan, to all these different places, and getting to meet all of the fighting game people from around the world. And one of the most glorious, most wonderful things about this, too, is that, you know, the world spends all of its time telling us that we're different people. The world spends most of its time trying to show us that we're different, that we have conflicts, that... othering we're othering people a lot like oh this 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 group of people are weird because they do this crazy custom whoa that's bizarre you know oh my goodness kind of thing the thing that i've discovered traveling from country to country to country is how much we're actually all the same (laughs) and it's really kind of wonderful because let me tell you something geek culture is geek culture it doesn't matter where you go man like it's the same like you would think going to kuwait like you you would think like oh i went to kuwait and you know i would expect to see everyone covered up and whatever blah 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 like dude like they have cosplayers they don't care like they're just doing like their cosplaying is mad serious in kuwait dude like these guys put in so much effort into their cosplaying and when their cosplaying contests come up it's not just them coming up on the stage and doing a pose like they literally record audio that they play of them like talking and doing full-on battle routines and stuff like that like that's the kind of cosplay depth that they get into in kuwait you know, like I watched their cosplay contest there and yeah, they would have like three people come up or even one guy was cosplaying as the Joker and he just had this whole routine where he brought out this giant Joker chair and he did all this stuff, walking around and pointing and like doing. it. It's like a performance. It's it's not even just I'm in my costumes. And, you know, you you go to all these different countries and you think like, wow, how different is it going to be at this place? And one of the wonderful things that you learn is that, you know, it's really everybody's kind of the same, man. Like everybody is, everybody just loves having something to love. <laughs> and honestly, that's kind of what makes me happy about fighting games, right? That's what, you know, I, I do love about the FGC is that, you know, uh, you know, like I said, all of this has been from my personal perspective, but even from just being able to share this hobby uh, around the world, you know, I mean, I'm glad I'm able to show people why fighting games are something so great. You know, when Tokido wins and, you know, I cried, I cried for a reason, right? Is because what Tokido said, you know, meant that fighting games are, were worth his time. Because I often think about this myself. I'm like, God, I've spent, uh, like three fourths of my life now (laughs) playing fighting games and, um, over, like, about three-fourths of my life playing fighting games. I'm like, man, what could I have done if I didn't play fighting games? Maybe I could have, like, contributed to society or something, or maybe I could have, you know, did this, or maybe I could be, you know, married with a family and own a big house because I'm just making all my programming money and all that stuff like that. But I don't know if I'd prefer that. (laughs) I really don't know if I'd prefer that, you know, thinking about it, you know, I, yeah, exactly. It sounds boring. <laughs> I, I've talked about the, you know, talked about it a little bit earlier, you know, like I, I when I'm on my deathbed, am I going to be like, yo, I earned a lot of money and bought a nice house? Or am I going to be lying on my deathbed and being like, yo, I'm in Street Fighter Six. <laughs> I am fucking in Street Fighter (laughs) 6. Like, my picture and my voice is in the game of the franchise that I love to death. (laughs) You know, like, what am I going to remember? Am I going to remember, you know, scrimping for vacation days to try to travel somewhere? Am I going to remember getting paid three times to go to Japan (laughs) and enjoying the fuck out of Tokyo and just it's just been so amazing like god I have never been to Japan until Evo Japan so I have been to Japan three times now because of Evo Japan and each one of those trips have been absolutely remarkable and like if it like honestly like if it wasn't for fighting games I probably still have never been to Japan at this point And so like, yeah, I don't know, like, I'm kind of (laughs) preferring where I'm at right now, uh, to be honest with you. And, you know, I I am grateful that, but I'm also grateful that there are so many people out there who are also enjoying this trip along with me. Like, obviously, a lot of you aren't as invested as I am. Like, I'm trying to make this my career, all this stuff like this. But, you know, for those of you who do just sit there and watch at home and enjoy it and get thrilled by watching a lot of the tournament matches and stuff and seeing the drama and getting emotional with me when I get emotional or getting hype when you see your favorite player win And all that stuff like that. I mean, I'm great. I'm thankful for you guys because you are who we're putting the show on for. You know, and as much as we talk about grassroots, we played for pride and... (laughs) All this stuff and trying to be all righteous and whatever like that, dude, like... I want people to watch this stuff, man. (laughs) I want people to watch this stuff. I want you guys to see how awesome Tokido and Justin Wong and Punk the God and all these other players are. Like that's, I want them, them to be heroes. So, you know, I'm thankful for the players as well for always putting in that continued effort, you know. Um, yeah, it's okay to give things up to pursue your passions in life, says, uh, says Duck Helmet. And yeah, absolutely. That's, that's how I kind of feel at this point in time. So it's like, it's hard to say that I would kind of regret, you know, going the path that I've gone because like oftentimes I think about, you know, relationships I've had in the past where I was like, what if that relationship worked out 10 years ago? Would I be in Street Fighter Six? Would I be commentating fighting games like this? You know, and a lot of times I wonder maybe not. <laughs> and so a lot of times I'm thinking to myself, hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe this is this isn't so bad. <laughs> this isn't so so bad. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, so like Fanta says you along with the with fighting games have helped me through so much. And that's another thing too. I know so many people who have been able to turn their lives around because of fighting games, whether as a player, as a producer, as a tournament organizer, or even as a viewer. Fighting games have done so much to benefit so many people. And again, this is not just like, oh, fighting games are great. The FTC is great. Like obviously there's issues, there's problems. People have gotten hurt. There's a lot of bad things that have happened, you know, and that is why I fight so hard to try to make things a little bit better in the FTC as well. It's obviously far from perfect, far from, you know, being as good as I would like it to be. But at the same time, you know, that doesn't mean we shouldn't, that doesn't mean we should ignore a lot of the good that it has done. I've told a lot of stories already of, you know, the things that it's done for people. A lot of people who would not have been able to find who they are, you know, obviously players like, you know, Ricky Ortiz, uh, Knuckle Dew, uh Lost Soul, you know, uh, there's so many players that I can talk about that have told me their stories of how fighting games essentially have saved them, right? Like fighting games... Took them onto a different path in life, or allowed them to be someone who they are, and I think that's uh, uh, important. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm not sure how that works, Mike, but I, I definitely believe it. I definitely believe it. But you know, um, it's it's crazy, and 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 you know, it's one of those things that. I'm very grateful for. I'm very thankful for. And, um, you know, so I'm really happy. I'm really happy with, you know, the course of everything going. And like I said, it doesn't mean the FGC is perfect. And it does mean that we're trying to make it better uh, all the time. We're always trying to do better uh, in the FGC. And there's a lot of places to improve. But again, having this community having something to fight for having something to try to improve to make more welcome to everybody to be more inclusive to be a good space for just about anybody is something i'm greatly thankful for i will be honest with you you know if it wasn't for the fgc i don't know if my views towards you know gender fluidity would be the same way that it that it is right now You know, I don't know if, you know, uh, hell, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Like, I used to be one of those people that would just be, like, making fun of, you know, furries, for example. And then with, you know, people like Sonic Fox really helping me open my eyes to, you know, different people, different kinds of, you know, cultures and, and people just wanting to be people and how the fighting game community never seemed to discriminate, right? So Ricky Ortiz was a player that, you know, I had known for years, and, you know, when she went through her transition, like, the community embraced her. Sonic Fox is a player that the community has embraced, and it's just, like, it's it's so awesome that the FGC helped me see a lot of this. You know what I mean? And it really kind of opened my eyes towards being more of a better human being and being more, you know, I don't even want to call it accepting of other people because that sounds almost kind of higher, holier than thou. I don't have, they don't need my acceptance, right? It's, it's me realizing that other people exist and that the way that I am is just another form of life that other people may find weird. I mean, people out there probably think I'm weird if I tell them that I'm into esports and all that stuff, and they'll probably scoff, you know what I mean? And it's it's not accepting of other people, it's understanding that everybody is out there, everybody is different, and everything is valid. So long as you do not disrespect other people. So long as you just dis- so my philosophy in life is respect everybody. Everybody deserves respect until they disrespect someone else first. because obviously there are people that you shouldn't respect at all. But a lot of the times that is because that they have started the cycle of disrespect uh, to begin with, right? And so again, uh, unless they like candy corn, those people are trash. We'll see, if they like candy corn, they're disrespect they're disrespecting human taste, okay? So, That's valid. That is absolute. (laughs) But, you know, uh, that's basically, you know, how it is. And I I do feel like the fighting game community has helped do that for me. You know, has really helped open my eyes for a lot of things. So, again, you know, uh, really, 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 really happy uh, to be a part of this community and such. And, you know, there's a lot of other small minor things to be thankful for. For example... I'm very thankful for Rollback (laughs) Netcode. Thank you, Tom and Tony Cannon. (laughs) Thank you so much for Rollback Netcode because I never thought fighting games would actually be playable online ever in my life. I just didn't think it would be a thing unless internet infrastructure just became ridiculous. And we discovered some sort of light speed way to send data from one location to the other, but Rollback Netcode has really allowed us to play online and just made things so much better. I mean, you don't have to look any farther than Guilty Gear Strive. You see that the U.S. is, like, clearly one of the strongest regions in uh, Guilty Gear Strive, and it's because of Rollback Netcode, man. Like, Rollback Netcode is seriously something to be... Very, very, very grateful for. Um, As much as I get mad and get salty, but that's my nature. Like, I just have to get mad. And it's just one of those tough things, right? When you're an emotional player like me, you just get mad. Because you hate losing. (laughs) And you hate admitting that you're not good enough when you lose. So you gotta blame something else. But as much as I hate... (laughs) Lucia, I'm also very thankful for Lucia existing in Street Fighter V and kind of being this character that I wanted to learn, honestly, because she really taught me Street Fighter V when I was playing Cammy before. So as I've told a lot of people out there, Street Fighter V is a very different game than all the other Street Fighter games. Very different mindset. And I went from Street Fighter 4 playing Cammy to Street Fighter V playing Cammy and as a result, I just kept trying to play Street Fighter V like Street Fighter IV because I was using a character. And Cammy, let's face it, is like the same goddamn character between both games. Like, they just didn't change her much at all. And so actually switching over to Lucia and really finding this unique, very interesting character that I've really been enjoying playing, like I said, despite the salt... Uh she really helped me learn the game and really ha- got, was kind of like the catalyst for me understanding Street Fighter 5. As a result, making my commentary a lot stronger for Street Fighter 5, uh really getting me to play the game a lot better and just really starting to understand the game and as a result me then being able to pass that on to other players because as one of the biggest proponents maybe the only proponent of the concept of fighting games appeal to different people, heart, mind, body kind of fighting games. You know, I make this massive distinction that street fighter five is a mind game and something like super turbo is a, is a heart game. There's a lot of people out there that don't agree with this. And again, I'm not saying I'm right or they're wrong or anything like that because all theories and stuff are valid and how you want to approach the game is different. But you know, from my perspective, I think that I have a lot of uh, acute observations when it comes to this kind of thing. And by understanding the difference between mind games, heart games, mind players, and heart players, I feel like I've been able to be really, really good at teaching the game to people in my chats and on the streams. Like I know what to point out to people and I know how to evaluate players as well. I was helping someone else on my stream just recently and very, very much a heart player. And so it's very interesting because like the mistakes that he was making were just like, I just understood them because I'm a heart player. So I knew exactly why the errors were happening and I was able to kind of educate him that way. Oh god, hello kitty. I don't I don't remember the names of any goddamn moves, dude. Like, this is, like I play Lucia and like if you try to tell me the difference between fire spinner, tornado spinner, whatever, all these the flipper shot, firecracker, I still I still don't <laughs> I still don't know which one's which, right? So Oh man. Oh, it's not that you're not good enough. It's just you were able to solve the puzzle your opponent solved quickly enough to beat them Winning or losing is oddly just a byproduct. I think it's figuring out your opponent or not. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. Learning how to fight your opponent is one of the biggest things and again, you know That was one of the things I explained on my stream recently uh, About that I mean like Jeremy and tasty Steve are pretty good about it because they were on Street Fighter League And so they had to use the actual move names. (laughs) I just know Run Into Shoulder is Gunsmoke, if I'm not mistaken, for Lucia. That's like the best I can do. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, Doctor Doom's super is going to be the up super (laughs) till the end of time. I think it was a Sphere Flame. (laughs) Sphere Flame, up super. (laughs) Up super. (laughs) I mean, again, I'm I'm commentating *Guilty Gear*, and freaking Leo does his little, you know, lo- uh, you know, uppercut sword move, and it's still called a flash kick. Got him with the flash kick. Oh, flash kick! IRC, dude, he does, he doesn't even kick. He doesn't even kick in the move, and it's still a freaking uh, flash kick. Hell, the yoga flame motion, half circle forward plus punch, isn't even the yoga flame anymore. <laughs> Do a yoga flame plus punch. Dude, it's not even a yoga flame anymore, right? Uh, He doesn't flash or kick, exactly. Easy and sturm? Is that actually what it's called, C4? See, C4 would know. He's got the Leo Bible, okay? He's actually written the Leo Bible. And also, shout out to C4, by the way. Just an example of people that I've been able to meet around the world without fighting games. I wouldn't know who C4 is, and right now, honestly, C4 is, like, one of my favorite people. <laughs> like, honestly, I love him to death, okay? I think he's awesome. Uh, but, you know, like, I, I actually did memorize, like, Zvite and Eines and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, dude, when you looked at the old, like, Guilty Gear guy, I mean, like, the old guides. Is this the one here? No, that's the Nintendo Power. I have my old Darkstalkers guide out there. They actually had every single move named in all of every normal move named, because I always remember that Shienko Shienko's crouching heavy punch, the claws, was called Shadowu for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. Oh, this is the um, Maniac Mansion issue of Nintendo Power. Oric, uh, whoo it's getting dusty. Volume number sixteen, volume number sixteen of Nintendo Power here. And uh, uh, let me see if I can, f- why do I have this here? I always have this here because uh, I know people on my stream have seen this before. Uh, but on the Ness achievers list over here, uh, let me see if I can do this. I might actually be able to do it better if I, I don't know if you'll be able to see it on this or not. Uh, oh, oh, look, look, Tetris. James Chen. I was in the Nintendo Power Guide. And this was before I even thought about starting on other levels. I always started on level one, so that's why my score was so low. And when I saw all the other scores, I was like, how did they get such high scores? And then I thought, oh, I could start on later levels. (gasps) Yes, I grew up in San Bernardino. (laughs) I grew up in San Bernardino. (laughs) Uh... That the game you where you had to steam the stamp off of off with the microwave? Wait, what game are you talking about? <laughs> oh, are you talking about Maniac Mansion? Yeah, 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 I think so. I think so. Dude. <laughs> Speaking of uh uh Dizzy. Dizzy has a move in all in all the games that she's been in, let me see uh, that me and my friend always called the I. We're like, God, I hate that I. That I is so annoying. Blah blah blah. We would complain about the uh, the I all the time. And then uh, one time, my friend was just sitting there watching us play. And we're like, God, I hate that eye. That eye is so annoying. And then our friend was like, are you calling that mouth an eye? (laughs) And we were like, and then we just started laughing because, you know, this whole time it's that stupid little mouth that she throws out that like chomps you and stuff. And we've been calling it the eye for like, you know, five years for no goddamn reason. (laughs) I don't even know why we called it the eye. That that that's how accurate to move names we've been all our entire lives man. Jesus. Oh god. But yeah, like uh what was like I don't even I've I've gone off the beaten path so badly at this point in time. <laughs> uh Oh, it might be because of Zelda 2 maybe? Maybe? <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so uh what was I saying? What was I thankful for? I said Rollback Netcode. I said Lucia who helped who helped me learn Street Fighter 5 and really helped me improve my commentary in the game. And like I said, I get salty when I play. I complain about the character when I play. I it's just my nature. I have to. I just it's just I, it's so hard for me to like not get mad because I'm so emotional. So I, I don't think Lucy is the worst character in the game. I don't even think she's actually bad, but boy, she's frustrating to use sometimes. Uh, but yeah, uh, again, I'm thankful for, uh, since Oric is here, this is the one that I thought of right here. I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, old, old classic games being preserved in arcades and for emulation. Right? Fightcade, arcade cabinets these kind of things, mister, you know, these things are so important. Video games never used to uh, be playable. Like video games have always been very scary because unlike films, unlike music, they just can't be promoted. They can't be, uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Ported. They cannot be ported to the new platform like that, right? Music is just like, oh, okay, oh, let's do digital music. Oh, video. And in fact, we'll have people dedicated to cleaning up film or remastering music and et cetera, et cetera, and they can fix a lot of these things. Dude, video games, it's like, it's just not like that because video games from the ground up built on a specific hardware, that hardware is unique to the game. And so the Dreamcast, like not even just arcade boards we're talking about here, but we're talking about just like a Dreamcast and a PlayStation 3 and a Super Nintendo. The hardware between those threes are just completely different beasts you cannot just say hey let's port this game from one system to another or even to the pc because it just doesn't work that way so the effort of the misters out there the guys who are using the the mr emulation the fpgas uh, to be able to port these old fighting games because we are living in such a different age now for fighting games Someone in the er- chat earlier said that people kind of stop playing older games when the new one comes out It's not even really just true <laughs> You can't just replace dreamcast.jar with playstation.jar <laughs> oh, Man, I mean misters are expensive because everybody wants them right now, but you know give it some time I'm sure once once it gets perfected and proliferated a little bit more and there's an ability to mass produce them a little bit easier, they'll they'll go down in price, hopefully, hopefully. But again, you know, uh, we are seeing that. I mean, even to the point that Arxis understands this so much that they're porting rollback netcode into Exert. Like, I've never heard, I mean, like when Street Fighter V came out, I don't know how many people in the chat were there when Street Fighter V, the transition between Street Fighter Four and Street Fighter V, but literally at the last Capcom Cup for Street Fighter Four, Capcom put out a thank you and goodbye Street Fighter 4 video because it was like Capcom was trying so hard to kill that game just so everybody would move on to Street Fighter V. Like, there was seriously this video like, like, after Capcom Cup. Thank you, Street Fighter 4. It was wonderful. You gave us all the... We will remember you. And then, just like, everyone I remember, there watching. It was like, Jesus Christ, like, damn. <laughs> Like, did they just like literally just go and like stab Street Fighter 4, like, you know, in the heart and just be like, thank you for your time. <laughs> kind of thing. But you know, the to have Arxis go with Strive with having characters coming out and then announce rollback for Exert is absolutely uh, amazing, to be honest. And so we're at a time where games like Sailor moon S can get a, re- a resurgence and a scene. Well, I can't even say a resurgence. It just gained a scene. <laughs> An old Super Nintendo fighting game gained a scene. And, you know, because of Fightcade and stuff, there are plenty of people playing all these old Capcom fighting games constantly. And it's really, really, really cool. And shout-outs to those guys. And I'm thankful for the guys who do still try to preserve that arcade culture. Because the arcade culture is the best still. And uh, nothing's quite like it. I, you know, I mean, again, as an old man in the FTC, it sounds like I'm being, you know, an old man like, oh, you're just living in the past. Get with the times, old man. But I, if you, again, yes, were most arcades shitty? Yeah. <laughs> but if you found the right arcade and had that scene, you cannot replace it. You cannot. Replace the arcade scene, and the benefits that we gain from it are are missing. There's a lot of benefits that we gain now. Do we have a lot of benefits in the online era right now? Oh hell yeah! Like there the, the benefits are probably better now than they were back then. But there is something very fundamentally missing uh, from the FTC in terms of the social aspect of fighting games, uh, that we don't get while playing online. And that is one of the things to try to solve to improve ranked matches is to try to make it a more social environment because it's not a social environment right now. It's a very lonely environment and it makes, uh, playing fighting games. Very, very frustrating. Because it's either constant loss or it's just you don't give yourself yourself some time to relax. You don't give your chance your brain to to process anything. I have a lot of ideas on how to fix that in the online world, but I don't know how many people would actually take it. You know, I, I don't know how many people would actually uh, uh, go with it. But I think that there's a lot of importance to it, honestly. <laughs> oh, that arcades really created in a social aspect. And I don't even mean talking to people and making friends. I even mean just being forced to sit down and watch other people play fighting games. Like, being forced to watch while you're waiting for your turn again on the arcade cabinet is one of the most beneficial things that can happen in fighting games. <laughs> it really is, weirdly enough, because it gives you a chance to process things, to to, to watch, to learn, and to see what other people do. If you're playing fighting games on Ranked all day, you're not seeing what other people are doing. You're trapped in your own bubble, and you just don't get this idea of what it is that you're supposed to do. And it's tough. It's very, very tough to learn in that kind of environment, because it is an exercise in frustration and, and salt, and you know, arcades definitely can alleviate that. Again, were there assholes at the arcade that would make it far worse? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, but there's a lot of good things about it. There's a lot of good things about it. Uh what else am I thankful for? Okay, you know what? I'm I'm thankful to Kwamba for giving me a brand new joystick recently. And uh yeah, they just they gifted me this joystick, the the Kwamba dragon, so <laughs> Shout-outs to them. Uh, God, the thing is so heavy. I swear I'm going to break it. I swear I'm going to break it when I'm carrying it because I'm, like, holding it at a really not a good place. Uh, But it's great because it makes it feel like the arcade... uh, It makes it feel like I'm playing on the arcade because the thing is hefty and sturdy. So I'm really happy for that. Uh, It makes it feel a lot more... uh, (laughs) You probably could sleep on that as a bed. Um... Yeah, actually, that's a good point. So Panza says, that's why I like Rumbleverse. When I get KO'd early, I can either be a salty whiner and quit out and queue up again, or I can watch the players in the game and see how they do, since everything can be reproduced. Exactly. That ability to watch, the, that's one of the things that's most missing from online in fighting games, is, the, is forcing people to watch fighting games to watch it. And I think that's really, really uh, important. So (laughs) I'm thankful for James's commitment to doing viewer lobbies in 2023. Is that a hint? (laughs) Doc Is that a hint? (laughs) Uh, You can play it on your lap. Currently, the system that I'm using is kind of a half and half. I play it half on a desk and half on my lap. And it seems to work pretty decently right now. I do have a tendency to accidentally jump up left by accident uh, on the setup. I used to play it just on the stand, but my stand is very wobbly, so it wasn't very good. But, uh, yeah, I'm thankful that Street Fighter VI looks like they're doing a lot of things right. I'm really thankful that Street Fighter VI seems like that they're actually trying to find ways to get more people in and have more casual modes and giving us more one player stuff and giving us all the content you know that's in the gate in the game I think that's something that's been missing from a lot of fighting games and I really hope it's a game changer I hope it makes everybody else try to do the same thing as well I'm thankful that all the fighting games are so fucking good right now I mean honestly they're so 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 good uh, in the arcade days, a lot of people will put their quarters up and not really talk to people. In some ways, the online community is way more connected. Yeah, in some ways, but like I said, it wasn't even necessarily about talking to other people. It was just about watching other people play, especially when you lost on the arcade cabinet. See, when you lose in ranked, a lot of the times you're just like, God, this guy is such a scrub, like... God, I totally should have been beating this guy. Like, this guy sucks. Oh, whatever. And you just get mad. But then, in the arcades, when that guy beats you, you watch someone else fight them. And a lot of times, that guy would beat the next guy, and then the next guy after that, and the next guy after that. And you're like, well, maybe this guy's not as bad. And so, like... (laughs) <laughs> you can you can kind of wash off the salt a little. You, want, you can rinse out the salt a little bit that way, right? Because a lot of times when you play someone casually, you're just like, this guy's a scrub. But then if the guy did turn out that they scrubbed you out and then you see the next player beat them up, you'll be like, okay, that's what I should have done. That's what I should have done. So again, it's not even necessarily about communicating with other people, but the ability to... Continue the narrative of the person that you just played is so important in fighting games. Because Ranked teaches us to use everything in our power to blow up this guy online, get our points, and move on. Arcade teaches you that I can beat this guy, but he's coming back (laughs) once three quarters are back. So I got to remember how to fight this guy. And if I lose to him, I can watch other people fight this guy and see what he's doing. Like you continue this ability to build a little bit more on your strength. The online scene of forcing you to constantly, like the thing that makes a lot of players stronger are uh, like, for example, in Guilty Gear Strive are the fact that players like Razzo, like Jonathan Tenne, like like, um, Umisho and all these guys, they play long sets with each other. Over and over and over and over and over again. So they're learning that. But if you're only playing ranked, you do lose a lot of that ability. And uh, yeah, exactly. Viewer lobbies are a lot better. That you get that ability to learn a lot more. And so yeah, with Street Fighter Six, I will definitely be trying to throw some viewer lobbies. Duck helmet. Okay. I got. I get the message. I get. The <laughs> But yeah <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's just a lot of uh, nice things about that, uh, to be honest with you. So uh, I want to do the KOF lobbies, but man, I just,, ugh. all right, let's get to some things I'm not thankful for. I am not thankful for KOF matchmaking okay i am definitely not thankful for kof matchmaking i am not thankful for the guilty gear lobbies as we mentioned earlier but i i will definitely say that i i boy ah, and KOF is one of the games that has made me really, really sad recently, to be honest with you, because I wanted to play it. I really liked the game. I wanted to play it a lot more. And honestly, I haven't played it that much at all. And it's really just because the ranked system doesn't work. And for me to learn a game, I want to do that. Like when I play Soul Calibur on my viewer lobbies, like everyone that I play against is so freaking good. And, uh, it's hard for me to learn in that environment. Like I don't, I don't improve very quickly that way, but you know, when I play something like street fighter five and I have the ranked and the skill-based matchmaking, it's helpful for me to, to learn. It really is. The skill-based matchmaking system is very helpful to learn. It really, really is because you do have that ability to, uh, keep fighting people of your own strength. Again, that didn't happen in the arcades, but like I said, watching them play is a very important thing, and you don't get that. So early on in KOF 15's lifespan, I was watching a shit ton of KOF 15 videos, and that helped a lot, and then uh, it's just all kind of tapered off, to be honest with you. So, um, ugh, God. Yeah, Mike, ugh, it's so frustrating, dude. It's so frustrating, yeah, Ranked is stressful. Ranked is stressful. and I tell that to people and a lot of people tell me that ah, ranked is just fine. I'm like, well, the reason why you're telling me that is because you're still in the fighting game community and on Twitter and following me and you're talking to me because you're predisposed to enjoy that lifestyle. But there's a lot of people out there that don't enjoy that lifestyle, who have disappeared, who are not on Twitter talking to me at all anymore. <laughs> and so I'm not going to hear them be like, yeah, James, you're absolutely right, ranked sucks. Because <laughs> ranked really does suck a lot. Hmm. It's definitely uh, being put in an environment that's catering to learning is very, very important. Um. yeah so uh, yeah I'm definitely not thankful for <laughs> for KOF auto combos huh yeah I wish you could turn off KOF auto combos that'd be nice uh, but again yeah definitely not thankful for the KOF 15 matchmaking and the and the strive lobby system like I said the strive lobby system is not the fault it's the it's the tuning of the lobby system that's the fault. Like I said, if the floor if floor ten didn't account for you're not a beginner all the way to you're one of the best. Like it, you're in the top one percent of players, cause that's that's floor ten, and like somehow everything is like beginner. It's like floor one is like super beginner, and then like kind of beginner, then beginner. Then you kinda know what you're doing. You're okay. You know how to do specials pretty decently. And then it's like it's just not it's just not balanced well. Uh honestly. Uh who oh wait, Crofts, you mean on third strike? Wait, what are you talking about him? JM Crofts or a different JM? What happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh man. Anything else I'm not thankful for? I am still not thankful for all the people who do want to make the FGC miserable for other people. Not thankful for the people who aren't inclusive in the FGC. But again, you know, FGC has generally been not as bad as some other communities, weirdly enough. Even though, like I said, we obviously still have our problems out there. Uh, Oh yeah, I was trying to say I'm very thankful for the fact that all the fighting games are good. I'm, like, honestly, like, you play fighting games back in my time and the lack of balance and the lack of quality in fighting games? Holy crap, like, Time Killers, Mace the Dark Age, War Gods, I mean, I will say Street Fighter the movie, but people are going to come after me for saying that. But, you know, there's, like, all these games out there that are just... They were just awful. And then you had games like CVS1 where the balance is terrible. And, like, as much as we love ST and Third Strike, God, the balance in those games is awful. It's just the worst thing imaginable. And, like, uh, honestly, like, uh, it's amazing that you can count on a fighting game. You're more likely going to have a good fighting game than a bad one these days. And I'm thankful that companies are more aware of the tournament scene. I'm thankful for these tournament circuits. I'm thankful for the guys like Chris Seglia and Hanzo Gonzo and, you know, guys running 10.0 and Vive for running Level Up Live and all these things like that for for really helping turn the FGC into something more global, into more of an actual thing so that developers care and listen. And I mean, look... As we talked about, thankful for being a rollback, Strive wouldn't have had rollback if it wasn't for fans letting them know. Right? Obviously, don't go into Ed Boone's timeline and just cry about Melina all day and stuff like that. But you know, finding a productive way to to get people to to uh, you know understand what we're going through is very very important. Uh, and it's uh, but even still flashy flash you say all old games have horrible balance because they're stuck in an unpatched meta but i will say that dnf duel despite Swiftmaster, master you know strive on launch you know uh most of these fighting games on launch kof 15 on launch they're some of the most balanced versions of these games like ever <laughs> like ever <laughs> you know and it's it's Really impressive, to be honest with you. It's really impressive how balanced these fighting games are because, trust me, as much as you're just like, God, Swiftmaster's so dumb. Yeah, Swiftmaster's obviously dumb, but man, like, you look at the old CVS1 Nakos, like, I don't even know if I could name you a character that I feel like was more broken than CVS1 Nakaruru, uh, honestly. And yeah, Mike is right too. We did have patch games back then. Uh Mortal Kombat's got patched frequently. Uh, you know, there was the Third Strike update, there was Alpha 30 upper. I mean, al- Alpha upper and stuff like that, and it was what made Nako crazy. Everything comboed, everything was damaged, everything was safe, she was super fast, and she just like short 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 fierce in the slide did like a ton of damage, and it was just so like she just jumped super fast. Had the most amazing cross-up light kick. Cross-up light kick short, 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 fierce slide. And if you did it, the slide, like, even if you did the slide, it was like safe anyway for no reason whatsoever. And she was just, she was just such a dumb character. <laughs> dumb, dumb character. But yeah, arcade games did get patched. They would get new updates that you swapped out a chip or something like that. Uh so they did get patched every once in a while. Like I said, Mortal Kombat 3 was one of the famous ones because they it just came out as a beta in all the arcades. Like, they just released the beta to everybody. At one point in time, everybody's fatality in Mortal Kombat 3 was a combination of block and run. <laughs> it was like run, 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 block, or run, block, run, run, block, and whatever like that, because it was just a beta that they just threw out there. And, like, eventually it got, like, changed and patched, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh yeah but i am thankful for dlc and patches as well uh for not having to buy a whole new game you know talk to the blaze blue players right like how frustrating it was to have to go from calamity trigger to continuum shift to you know all the different uh, chrono phantasma and then whatever versions there all are you know having to buy a new game every single time but Now we have this system and, you know, really thankful that Capcom has, you know, kind of set the precedent again to not make you buy new things. Because Street Fighter V, they specifically said we're never releasing a brand new disc that you have to buy, you know, kind of thing. As long as you own the game, it'll always be updated. And also thankful that Capcom releases the the, the collections that they do, too with stuff like um Ultra, Ultra Street Fighter 4, a Street Fighter 5 that came with everything on it, right? Like it's just it's nice. It's nice that they do that. Uh like I wouldn't have any of the costumes if it wasn't for that. <laughs> like I literally would have no costumes. Uh but thankfully they released those versions and you know for discounted prices too, which is really really nice and really cool and I wish other fighting games would do that more because it was still very expensive to buy Dragon Ball and Tekken for the longest of time uh, on multiple platforms. And that's one thing that uh, fighting game developers have to realize, too, is that a lot of hardcore players are going to buy these games on (laughs) multiple platforms, unfortunately. I'm thankful for these little chunks over here. Jasmine running around here. Um, But that's not fighting game related. (laughs) Uh, but you know what? Here, let's, let's just move this on to a whole open discussion over here. Uh, what are you guys thankful for right now? I know there's not a ton of you in the chat right here, but if you're watching this or listening to this on YouTube or something like that, let me know what you're thankful for fighting game-wise, because obviously there's a lot of things to be thankful for outside of fighting games, but... You know, what are you thankful to the FGC for? Right? What is it what are the things that FGC has managed to bring for you that you that you are thankful for? So yeah, actually it's a good point. So Converse says, Thankful that we are still a thriving community. Yeah, that COVID didn't kill us. I don't know if people remember, but when COVID first struck a lot of people were thinking, like, Are we done? (laughs) Are we dead? (laughs) (laughs) You're thankful that I licked the arcade stick. Oh, God. I'm surprised that tweet didn't get retweeted more. Oh, man. Yeah, thankful for Fightcade, Third Strike. Uh, Zilcho says, thankful for me. Appreciate that. Uh, Hitboxes for saving the hands and wrists of a new generation. Yeah, I mean... Again, depending on the person, right? Because Sejam definitely hurt himself more thanks to the hitbox than a joystick. So, again, uh, depends on the person. Depends on the person. So, yeah, thankful that you could turn off the commentary in Street Fighter Six. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, creating content, says Servbot uh, Phil. Uh, Doc Comma says, thankful for my help and advice to keep me going in fighting games. Very much helped me as a beginner. Again, twitch.tv slash jchenzor. I try to help beginners all the time. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not thankful that Potemkin still sucks. Not thankful for Lucia's stubby ass normals and her shitty ass fireball. Ugh. I am, yeah, there are a lot of great games out there. Like I said, all the fighting games out there are great, and all the other games too, as well. Glad there are people whose love and whose passions built and maintain a community that I would one day find and fall in love with. Well, glad you're here, Tiny Text. Tiny Text. I'm thankful that uh, Remy Celeste actually tweeted out, I tried Potemkin for a while and, holy crap, if you use any other character, you're not allowed to complain unless you use Potemkin. And even then, you know what you signed up for. I had to respond to that tweet and just be like... Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! God, Potemkin is such a struggle. Holy crap. Oh, man. I'm thankful Capcom put Akira in uh, Street Fighter V, giving us a little taste of Rival Schools. That's true. I'm also thankful for Capcom for hiring me to make the next-generation Rival Schools game. Eh! Eh! Capcom! Eh! 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 Huh? Come on, maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh man, oh man. It'd be so awesome if I could make that game. I would make the sickest game. No, there's not actually a new rival schools being developed. I'm just saying, if there is, please talk to me, because I already know how to make that game amazing and very unique and very, very cool. <laughs> Being able to DP on reaction, thankful for putting in time to DP on reaction. I need to learn that. My DPS are awful. Ugh. Yeah, Veritas. I mean, I, you're not gonna. You weren't the only one who said that, but a lot of people are gonna say it. Thankful for Fightcade for sure. Fightcade is one of the best things uh, that we have. I even said it as one of my main thanks as well. Uh, how much I'm that, that I think Fightcade is so important. For the FGC to preserve the history of fighting games, uh, honestly, so <laughs> he tried pot and lost, and went on to play Overwatch too. Yeah, dude, Potemkin. Oh, thankful for arcades being still in business. Where you're at, Gunter. Where you're at, not here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, rollback and crossplay starting to become the norm. We will be thankful if the PlayStation 5 gives us the opportunity to increase our, uh, refresh rate as well as our controller porting, a uh, polling timing. Please, 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 please. Oh, man. Yep. Carlitos, I definitely said that as well. The Mister, Mister, uh, Mister, and Fightcade are so important. Obviously, Fightcade is doing great jobs for emulation, but Mister being able to create like as authentic of a replication of a of a, a pre-existing game as possible is so 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 important. I mean, look, David, I just I if I. <sighs> Every time I, I visit Japan, I'm like, I should go and explore Osaka this time. But then I think about to myself that I, if I'm not in Tokyo, I don't get to play at Hey Arcade and play 10 yen ST. So I spend all my time in Tokyo anyway. <laughs> I really need to explore other areas of Japan. So uh, I need to convince myself that maybe for this next Evo to go to Osaka, to try to go to Kobe and maybe try some authentic Kobe beef or something like that. Something, something. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Mashing 360. That's what I was talking about, the PlayStation trying to uh, catch up to a lot of what the PCs can do. And, of course, that's been one of the biggest discussions, but reason being is that, you know, honestly, like uh, the PCs are a better place to play fighting games, absolutely, but I, I am not thankful for the fact that the consoles have this problem. I hope we can develop a parity between the two platforms, consoles and PC, so that regardless of what your flavor is you have the option to play fighting games at their most optimal uh, online with everybody else because i think that that's really really important yeah oh dang that's nice carlitos that you actually have a lot of versus cities in your area Uh, thankful for fight sticks and other controllers are easy to get yes so hello kitty I i guess knows uh you know in the past how hard it was to get joysticks man i had to spend like so much money to import joysticks and they were so sought after that most of my joysticks got stolen at events uh they just basically (laughs) (laughs) and tournaments used to get held up like we had a tournament for mvc2 and nobody could play because everyone wanted to use justin's moss stick Justin's mastic was tuned in such a way that was similar to the arcades and so everyone wanted to play, Particularly Justin's joystick even they didn't want to play other mastic's because they could all be tuned differently But the fact that we're all used to the same uh, Kind of sticks now. It's really really nice The square gates For example before we had perfect 360's octo gates square gates and all these different things And uh, it was really hard to share joysticks between people. But now everybody can just play joysticks anywhere. So you only started playing fighting games in December last year? Wow, welcome Hello Kitty to the scene then. Uh, Hope you've been enjoying it. And like I said, I I, I love helping beginners. I don't know, in a year you might have gotten super good already. Uh, I never know because everybody learns at different paces. But, you know, I'm always here uh, on twitch.tv slash jchenzor as well. Uh, And if you ever need advice or help, just let me know. Uh, (laughs) I play Octogate so that no one wants to use my joystick. (laughs) That works too. Oh, you hit that? Okay, so Hello Kitty, you're just one of those people who got attuned to fighting games very, very quickly. You're probably better at Street Fighter V than I am. Uh, like, uh, almost not even a question at this point. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's... It's... Anything else that you guys are thankful for here uh, for the fighting game community? Again, really just thankful for the experience, for the life... Uh, that it's given me. Honestly, like, I don't think, like, you know, there's a lot of people out there who will look back and be like, boy, I wish I did things differently. If I could live my life again, I would do things differently. And I don't know if I would. I honestly don't know if I would. Like, thinking back on what's happened, I feel like I'm in a good place right now. And, and I feel like uh, I'm happy uh, honestly. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's great. <laughs> Return of the Not Tuesday Not Show. <laughs> Don't worry. I t- Okay, so again, I already know kind of what I want to rebrand the entire stream to. I kind of already have a new name and everything like that. The problem is it's it's creating the assets. Honestly, that's the part that I'm the laziest about is changing the title screen and like trying to rebrand everything I still have crossed out not Tuesday show up here in the upper left and stuff. So I got to create all these new assets and that's what I, what I got to do. So is Hello Kitty even allowed as a gamer tag in the FGC? Why? Because, uh, because Ricky Ortiz took it a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people don't know, but uh, Ricky Ortiz used to be uh. uh Hello Kitty. <laughs> uh oh, Ricky Ricky Ortiz, she's been playing for over a decade now. <laughs> she's been playing for over a decade. Yeah, so it was uh Hello Kitty, I think was what uh she she goes by. So, uh one of the most famous fighting game players of all time. Uh, One of the classic fighting game players of all time. Uh, Been around forever. Been one of the best for the longest of time. Uh, The first year for Street Fighter 4 at EVO, Daigo defeated Justin Wong in Grand Finals. The second year at EVO, uh, Daigo defeated Ricky Ortiz in Grand Finals. Ricky Ortiz also lost in Grand Finals in CVS2 at EVO. To Kingdebu. Uh Ricky Ortiz was my teammate in a CVS1 tournament a long time ago. Uh, her history goes back very, very, very far. Uh, she, she is one of the most prolific and important players. Second place at Capcom Cup for Street Fighter V as well, the year that Knuckle Dew won. So the first year for Street Fighter V, uh, Knuckle Dew won it, but uh, Ricky Ortiz was in uh, second place. So uh, Ricky Ortiz has been playing fighting games forever now. Yeah, for decades. Literal decades. Come here, Jasmine. 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 So she knows. This is the problem with Jasmine. Like Nathan, he just comes up here and then I just grab him, whatever. Jasmine knows that when I'm sitting here talking to whatever she thinks I'm talking to, Uh, to not come up here because then I always try to grab her and like show her off to the stream and stuff. So like she knows not to come over here. She's she's smart. She's wise. Let's see if I can get her. Let's see if I can bait her with the table again here. I've got this little port on the table here that she likes to come after. Let's see if I can get her to, to... Oh, oh, there it is. There it is, Jasmine. Come here
1: up here. It's up here.
0: It's up here. What is that? What is that? Let's see if I can get her. Let's see if I can get her. Oh, no, 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 no. She tried to run. She tried to run. Oh, come on. Come on, Jasmine.
1: Oh, got
0: her. Oh, she's not happy. She's not happy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, stop using me to try to get views on your damn stream. Oh, uh, man. All right. Fine, Jasmine. Fine. Be that way. Be that way. Come here, Jasmine. There you go. There you go. What is this? What is this? What is this? Oh, she ran away again. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, trust me, I'm thankful for Jasmine and Nathan as well. Uh, very, very uh, thankful. Yeah, I hope to see Ricky play again once Street Fighter Six come out. She's not as uh, involved as much anymore, but I think it's just a lot of the old school players don't enjoy Street Fighter V as much as they enjoyed a lot of the older games. And again, for the reasons that I've already documented many, many times about the heart game versus the mind game kind of thing, uh, Street Fighter Six definitely feels like a stronger balance between heart and mind. So I do think a lot of the old-school players will actually find success this time. You know, a lot of players, old-school players like Graham Wolf and all these guys, Jason Cole, you know, they swore that when Street Fighter V came out that now you players will learn. There's more validity, I think, to it in Street Fighter VI. And again, that's not just going to mean that they were better or anything like that. It's just different games just treat different players differently, so uh, honestly... Thank you for thankful for anime fighter. Thankful for Trip Guard. <laughs> yes. Even though people don't know how to use that word correctly, for sure. Um, because uh yeah, I made up the term trip guard. Oh yeah, Nuki. I talk about Nuki all the time. Uh Daigo talks about that. Daigo says Nuki's not very good at Street Fighter V. And he's like, Does that mean Nuki's a bad fighting game player? He's like, no. It's just that he doesn't want to study, so he doesn't want, so he can't learn Street Fighter Five because Street Fighter Five is such a studying game. Yeah, you know, there's no release date for Street Fighter Six at all yet. So uh, I'm thankful for getting a taste so far of belonging to a community since I'm not in school or the church anymore. That's cool, Carrie and Shade. Uh, I hope you're enjoying it, and I I hope you get to travel to. An event one of these days. Uh, I am thankful there are many companies making fighting games nowadays, it says Hello Kitty. Yeah, it's a lot of, I mean, again, before Street Fighter 4, there were no fighting games. Like, there was just Tekken and Guilty Gear and, like, Blaze Blue. And that was kind of like it. And even Guilty Gear had stopped at that time. Like Blaze Blue was the Guilty Gear replacement. So it was mostly just like Tekken and like Blaze Blue for a little bit. And then Street Fighter IV came out. And then everybody started making fighting games again. Well, yeah. So since you're new to the FGC, Hello Kitty, Riot's fighting game is being developed by Tom and Tony Cannon who uh, originally created uh, Radiant, Radiant, uh, now, what was their company called? Radiant? Radiant, Radiant. I think they were called Radiant, where they were developing Rising Thunder. They're also the creators of Rollback Netcode for fighting games, uh, and the creators of Evo... the biggest fighting game tournament of all time so tom and tony cannon are two of the most i'm thankful for tom and tony cannon for keeping fighting games alive with evo during the fighting game dark ages tom and tony cannon are two of the most influential most important people to the fighting game community that we've ever had and yes they created the evo championship series Uh, they ran b3 they ran b4 uh they ran b5 then they changed it to evo and then they ran evo from all the way up there they're the ones who created evo they created rollback netcode uh the first time for final burn uh using the final burn emulator and then they went on to make their own fighting game called rising thunder they got bought out by riot and now they're making project l EVO was the biggest event of the year for the FGC, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, EVO wasn't supposed to be evil, but they called it evolution because everyone kept saying how evil they were, even back in the day. So it was like a joke that they called themselves evolution, And and now it's just EVO. Evo is Evo. But yeah, there was definitely an Evo slash evil joke in there somewhere because everybody was always mad at the decisions they made at like B4 and B5 and stuff. And people were always complaining about everything, even back then. So it, some things uh, don't change after time. Mm, but yeah. Um, Tom and Tony have had their fingers in across the FGC pool for a a long time. I am thankful of, you know, the streaming era allowing us to try to do this stuff for fighting games. I mean, we always dreamed about fighting games being in stadiums. There's that scene from uh, Bang the Machine where Alex Vai is watching a Japanese tournament with his friends and he's like, Can you imagine that, man? In Japan, they have these, like, in arenas and stuff, man. And you can see the look on his eye, like, man, if only it was like that here in the States. And um, it is now. It is now. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah, Carlitos, I mean, that's another one of those things, right? Everybody wants a Retro Evo, but if you ran a Retro Evo, uh, not a lot of people would probably show up to it. It'll probably lose a ton of money. Because it's one of those things that everyone says they want, but then when it happens, nobody actually supports it. So, Yep, yeah, B2 came after B3. So, there was the Boston Brawl. That was one of the infamous John Choi goes into the loser's bracket round one, I think it was. And then he wins the tournament. But that came after B3, not actually part of the B series. They just called it B2 as a joke because it was Boston Brawl. It was BB. So, hey, we'll call it B2, like Battle by the Bay existed. And so that's what caused the Canons to call B3 the next year B4, not the next year, but years later, to call it B4 to kind of continue this joke and then B5, and then they're like, you know what, this is dumb. Let's just give it a real name, and then they called it Evo eventually. So, (laughs) yeah, YouTube, Twitch content creators definitely making it much easier to learn fighting games as well. So there's a lot to be thankful for when it comes to fighting games, uh, honestly, and a lot of things that, you know, uh, like I said, I've been able to connect to people all around the world. I've been able to help people, a lot of people have been able to help me, Uh, just a lot of good connection out there, and really, (laughs) in the end, isn't the fighting game community really just about the friends we made along the way, (laughs) because honestly, like most of my best friends are like fighting game players and stuff, and you know, it's a joke to, to, to say that, to meme or whatever like that, but it's really true, honestly. Uh, fighting game community definitely did a lot of, uh, has helped me meet a lot of wonderful people and stuff. And so, you know, um, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's really, f- it's fantastic. And it's something that hard to trade. Yeah, and some of us have made enemies and some enemies have become friends. John Choi and Alex Vi just posted a picture holding each other's kids. And they were definitely enemies for the ver- for a very long time. Very famous story. That uh, they both flew out to the Midwest Championships to play in a Street Fighter 3 tournament because the Midwest was like, our players are the best. And so they flew out John Choi and Alex Vai to come and challenge them. And uh, Alex Vai and John Choi were enemies at the time because that was the NorCal-SoCal rivalry. And uh, they both got stranded in Arizona, I think, on the way back or on the way there. I forgot just because of flight delays. And they just started chilling and chatting. And then they became really good friends. And then uh, since then, they've actually been really, really, really good friends. And, in fact, after Vi came home and, you know, it started becoming obvious that Vi and Choi were actually good buddies at that point in time, Mike Watson actually got mad at Vi for making friends with the enemies you know, like worried that he would lose the drive, kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, enemies become friends, friends become enemies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, to be honest with you, Gunter, you're still, you're still part of the FGC. You're here, right? Uh, I mean, uh, you've been to Evo Japan and stuff like that, right? So you're still much as much a part of. it. As long as you're watching, it's still you're still a part of it. I tell people this all the time. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you don't count as the FTC until you've been to a major. Fuck that. Like, if you've been watching and you're still invested in fighting games and you still enjoy watching it, it's good enough, man. That's just how it works, man. That's just how it works. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you're still fighting game community to me. So, you'll always be my X-Men versus Street Fighter infinite combo buddy. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's going to be the future, but it's going to be part of the future. Hello Kitty. Uh, Hello Kitty asked, do you think online tourneys is the future with online getting better? It's going to be part of it. It's just going to be part of it. It's got to be the two together. Whoa! did you just change? Oh, infinite high camp. Wait, what the heck? That's that's the other David, right? Where did you come from? What the hell? We got all the old school people here. We got the Infinite High Council members in here. What the hell, dude? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we had an old group for X-Men vs. Street Fighter days called the Infinite High Council, where all we did was try to find as many infinites in X-Men versus Street Fighter as possible. <laughs> so we were the IHC, the Infinite High Council. Oh, man. I even created a little Yahoo group mail. That every time you sent to it, it would, we would all get them and stuff. Oh man, those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah, artists and cosplayers. Everybody. Everybody who's doing anything with it. Because like I said, that's the thing. is Being able to use your talent to help the fighting game community works great ways. Like A lot of people don't realize that. You know, Boss Logic, right? We all know who Boss Logic is, right? I mean, he's that guy who does all those crazy, like Marvel posters and all that stuff, like that. Boss Logic got his start making trailers for the fighting game community. Like, people don't know. Boss Logic started, like, his brother is, like, one of the people who used to run one of the tournaments in Australia. Like, Boss Logic's background is entirely part of the fighting game community. A lot of the first uh, graphics that he would make is he would actually take, like, real people and turn them into Street Fighter characters and stuff. Uh, so he made like these beautiful Photoshops of like a realistic looking Guile or a realistic looking, you know, Cammy or Chun Li or something like that. That's where Boss Logic got his start from. And now Boss Logic has been like on freaking like talk shows at night and stuff like that. And so he's actually, uh, yeah, he's been a lot of people got their start in the FGC, man. Uh, it's, it's all there. So, oh man wait what are you talking about David is there actually a uh uh did you turn the infinite high council archive or something like that that's crazy uh (laughs) I don't think I knew about that or maybe I did and I forgot but yeah uh a lot of a lot of people in the fighting game community have gone on to do a lot of great things and it's it's really cool to see, and, and I love seeing that kind of stuff. So it doesn't matter where your skill level, where your skill level lies, you can find ways to do it. A lot of the artists, you know, have found their ways to help the FGC a lot. A lot of music writers. I mean, uh, Red Rapper, A.K.A. Zed Tabani. Uh, I got him to make a bunch of music for Evo intros, and now, you know, he's doing some cool stuff. And he went to a really awesome music school, was the first rapper at this very uh, prestigious music school in Boston. And, uh, yeah, just a lot of people doing a lot of cool stuff. So, What do you think about possibly killing Twitter? <laughs> Actually, I was gonna talk about that today, but I figured I would save that for next week as just a full discussion, so I had more time to like to to kind of wax on it and discuss it a little bit more in detail. So I definitely want to talk about that a little bit more uh, next week, but uh, you know what? I think uh, I've been kind of talking about this and talking about the things I'm thankful for and stuff, you know, uh, man, uh, and so, uh, I think that'll, that'll about do it for today. Unless anybody else has anything last second they want to ask or talk about or, you know, suggest things to be thankful for. But, uh, outside of that, like, I think, um, I think, uh, that's, that's, that's all I've got for today. Just again, always trying to breed a lot of the positivity talk about the cool things about the fighting game community too often it's really just about the negativity so it's really cool to talk about you know these kind of things tell these stories and talk about the good sides of the fgc Uh. (laughs) oh man (laughs) deleted your twitter account okay that's fair that's fair and yeah, Shay, for sure, for sure. Everybody, please, uh, if you can, I, I won't go into details. It's up to him if he wants to talk about it or not. But please, everyone, uh, send your thoughts to Shay in the chat as well. So hopefully uh, he can stay safe and, 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 uh, and uh, he'll be okay. So, But again, uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening uh hopefully yeah thankful for twitch i mean hell if it wasn't for twitch and this kind of stream stuff like this how often would i be able to talk to gunter again uh he doesn't even remember i told the story that he was one of the guys that uh came and picked me up uh at for evo one year as him and madge who brought me to back to evo to make sure i saw My own two-hit combo video debut there. And then also, that's allowed me to be there live for the Daigo Perry as well. So I'm very, very... Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hello Kitty says, thankful for the Ultra Chen TV podcast. Appreciate that very much. Uh, Like I said, a lot of love around here in the FGC uh yeah someone else did mention it but i'll mention again thankful for tetris grandmaster console release in like a week oh here's the other guy see he doesn't fight as much he just kind of resigns to defeat hi hi nathan hi nathan meow hi nathan hi nathan For those of you on the podcast, you guys are used to this already. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, you know you just sit here and listen to me go, Hi, Nathan. Hi, Nathan. All day. So you guys are just like, yeah, okay, he's snuggling his cat again. (laughs) Oh, man. What a dorky cat. What a dorky cat. And now he's rubbing his head on the microphone. All you people on the podcast definitely uh, are used to this sound as well. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, in any case, uh, I bid you all a good night. And, you know, definitely if you uh, I'm thankful for families and friends, you know, for some for some, you know, true Thanksgiving stuff. I hope you guys all have a great day on Thursday, whether you celebrate Thanksgiving or not. And for those of you, you know, uh, I may even stream that day because my family gathering is for lunch. And so I might come home uh, and maybe I'll stream at night. So if you guys do find yourself alone on Thanksgiving night, uh, keep an eye on twitch.tv slash jchenzor. And perhaps what I'll do is I'll stream that night and we can all hang out together. So, you know, and and we can be the FGC family together on stream. So I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Enjoy your time. If you do are spending time with uh, family or even if it is a Friendsgiving because friends oftentimes are just as or even more important than family as well. So hope you guys all have a great, Four-day weekend. Take care, and I will see you guys next time on the Not Tuesday Show. Have a good night, and peace out. And viewer lobbies. All right, all right, viewer lobbies. Got it, got it.